One thing I learned preaching in prisons for a long time, I don't, I don't need a keyboard. You don't have that luxury. Here's a mic, if you even get one of those, and you just have the anointing. And you go and you minister. Never get conditioned that you can only receive when there's a beautiful hill song in the background or Bethel or Elevation or whatever this is. Pure music, how about that? Jesus. Today I'm gonna minister on, um, on, on healing is my portion. Can you say amen? Say it with me, say healing is my portion. Say it with an attitude of humility but confidence in Christ. Healing is my portion. <laughs> Praise God. So like on Monday, I almost like lost my voice in all this jazz. Ain't no devil in hell gonna stop me. Can you say amen? amen. I said, oh, okay. I know exactly what I'm preaching on. Healing. I'm gonna tell you what I was taught in my early years. Ah, Jesus, my God, I feel the anointing. Oh, Jesus, my sweet Jesus, it's hitting me. Might have you come pray for me. Good Lord, brother. That's a double barrel shotgun. Sometimes you feel like, I got a 22. He's like, I got a 12-gauge joker. All right. In my early years, <laughs> I saw Pastor Rodney, and um, I love his testimony, and I love his example that he set before us. I also thank God for my pastor, Pastor Caleb. What you learn about when you walk with these people, when opposition comes, they turn it up. They don't retreat, they don't back down. If their finances get hit, they sow more, they give more, they praise more. If opposition, I remember, um, you know, we're family. This, me and this church, there's some things I don't share every time, like if I preach somewhere, but this church is family. So you guys know the story about my oldest daughter. That's my youngest daughter, my oldest daughter, who's not here. And, um, you know, somebody had told me, well, you know the reason why the devil's going after her is because you, you know, what you're preaching in Pakistan all the time. And I wasn't physically over there. We had a, we had a relationship with a, a man of God over there. We bought him a projector. And he was able to take the projector into the fields, into the churches. It was awesome. I jumped online. I'm preaching. And we're just preaching in Pakistan. It was beautiful. It was awesome. And at that moment when they said they meant well, you ever had those family? <laughs> you better stop. <laughs> I love it. Joy over there. Yeah, you ever had those family members and friends that mean well? But they ain't on, that, that, ain't, that ain't the Lord. So they said the reason why this level of opposition you're getting hit with is because you're going after those big demons. So the joke is like America has baby demons and over there they got big demons, right? And there's probably some truth to that. <laughs> to an extent. So I had a choice to make. Here we just got hit by a semi-truck, not for real, but you get the point. And I had to make a decision. Do I pull back or do I press forward? And when Pastor Rodney, who, I mean, his faith, he carried his daughter who was supposed to die at a very young age, through his, her parents' faith, man, those, she lived to like 18. And most, a lot of you guys have heard the story. She died on Christmas morning and all that. But that man, instead of retreating from ministering uh, a healing, right, to the body of Christ and to the, the, the lost, he cranked it up. He said, I'm going to win more souls. I'm going to sow more seed. I'm going to lay hands on more people to watch them get healed. You're understanding what I'm saying? So I want to really encourage you, no matter what your situation is right now, whatever area you feel that the enemy is really coming against you in a certain area, number one, remember he's defeated. Jesus conquered him on the cross, whooped his behind, was risen from the dead, sits at the right hand of the Father, and now we sit with him in heavenly places. Can you say amen? amen. So, so don't treat him, but <laughs> you understand. When he comes, and that's what happens. My, my, on Sunday, uh, when we left here, I just kind of felt like a little whatever came upon us. 
and then, the, you know, the whole week, you know, et cetera, you know, just not whatever. I said, oh, no, I'm a minister on healing. And now I feel amazing. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm like way on this side. Can you, can you praise the Lord that he's a healer? So whatever you are dealing with, all right, one last part. And I promise you, I'm going to jump in my message. I had a friend. And when you, if, if a trial broke out in his life, we are to count it all what? But he would immediately go and win souls. That was how he responded. When opposition came, he immediately hit the streets. Like one, one time he got hit with such a major situation, that kid went out and led 250 people to Jesus in a single day. Radical. Great old time friend of mine. So here was the deal he made. He said, all right, devil. In a nutshell, I hate you. You hate me. And anytime I see you peek your head up in my life, I'm going to go in people to Jesus. That's pretty good agreement. What do you think the enemy's going to start doing after a while? Hey, listen here. Um, Beelzebub, whatever their names are. You leave that one alone right there. Because he's whooping our kingdoms behind every single time you mess with him. That's the attitude you got to get. Every time the devil tries to peek his head in your finances, in your health, in your marriage, you need to have an attitude of like, hold up, I'm going to win more souls. I'm going to pray for more people. I'm going to walk in that which God's called me to walk in. Eventually, he's going to leave you alone. Amen. Well, I thank God for that example that was set in my life in my early years. All right. Healing, declare that again. Healing is my portion. You might be in here today with AIDS, seeing people healed of AIDS. Cancer, seeing people healed of cancer. Tumors, deafness, blindness, spinal issues, blood issues. My goal today is to lay a foundation. I'm going to share the word. I'm going to share some testimonies. And then we're going to believe God for a miracle today. Can you say amen? Amen. So if you're sitting there today, and you have any condition, and it doesn't even have to be physical. You might have been someone like me, little, little whatever, little, not all there in his younger years, where the, the devil would come upon you at times, mess with your mind, you'd burn yourself, you would do stuff like that. Take your hands and dig them in concrete and turn it until you bleed. How many of us know it's not God? Suicidal, it's not God. Depression, anxiety, it's not God. Can you say Amen. So no matter what your issue is, I want to encourage you to put your faith out while I'm ministering. Don't wait to the end of the service to receive your miracle. But begin to put your faith out there and say, healing is my portion now. Now, the point of contact, the Bible does say, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That is true. And we are going to do that. Ah, Jesus. Psalms 103, the Bible says... I like this translation. I know the New King James, but I got the NLT. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Do what, church? And with my whole heart, I praise his holy name. And let all that I am praise the Lord. If he says it three times in the first few sentences, how many of us would agree that praising God is pretty important? Oh, you guys got it going. Look at you back there. Hey, I got it right there, too. (laughs) May I never forget the good things he's done for me. Somebody say the good things. It ain't God putting the bad things on you. That simple revelation right there. God is good. Devil is. He forgives me of all my sins. I remember I did some things in my younger years that the guilt and shame that would just hit my heart. Um, Some disgusting things, things that should have put me away for for some years, et cetera. I ain't telling you what they are because I I know I'm on YouTube. I know you're going to put this on YouTube. (laughs) But God has healed me from that. 
I am a new creature in Christ Jesus, and I don't care what you've done. The moment you placed your faith in Jesus, the blood of Jesus has washed your sin. You have been made brand new. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you have given your heart to Jesus, you need to allow the Holy Ghost to come and sever off any guilt, shame, condemnation, anything. Perhaps even forgiving yourself and begin to take this new step with the Lord. Because that's the truth of God's word. Can you say amen? amen. He forgives all my sins and he heals some. I like it. You guys talk back. He heals all my diseases. He doesn't have his chosen six like where the father is like, hey, listen, tell our minister. That person on aisle four to the left, their disease isn't in the list. He said, I heal all diseases, and he redeems me from death. Say that with boldness. I'm redeemed from death. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, and he renews your youth like what? Like an eagle. You know what's unique about that? I'm sure there's some people in here that could teach it a whole lot better than me. I'm not like a National Geographic eagle expert. But in my little bit of studies, eagles have to, they reach an age, I believe around 30 or 40 years old, where they have to make a decision to want to live or die. God says, I set before you Life, you have to make a decision to live or die. So what the eagle does is he goes up on a, on a high mountain and he begins to basically bite out his heavy-weighted feathers if he chooses or she chooses to live. Because at that age, their beak is a little more rounder, their claws are a little more duller. The old man, the old nature. You understand. You get it? But you know what I found out to be as unique with all that is that to get a new beak in order to eat its prey, it had to beat its beak against the rock. So, ooh, as a preacher, I, I can see it. I can see it. Who's the rock, church? Who's the rock, church? So in order for that eagle to live, it had to consistently come in contact with who? And then the old man and the sickness and the poverty and the disease has to fall off. And the new man, who you are in Christ, begins to grow. Can you say amen? And then man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And if healing is my portion, that I can feed upon through Christ Jesus. Can you say amen? amen? Get bold with it. Walk around with Psalms 103, verses 1 through 5. I will hang that up on my wall. I'm going to praise you. I'm not forgetting all my benefits, all my sins forgiven, all my diseases healed. Praise God. Now, listen, they say miracles are not for today. Say they're too late. Say the devil is a liar. That's not my portion. I thank God that no theologian fathead who doesn't believe in miracles, signs and wonders and healing got a hold of me. But it was too late because I, I didn't know better. You guys, most of you know the story and the testimony about that beautiful woman right there, my wife. Known her since I was like three no, I wasn't three. How old was I when we met? About nine years old. Oh, she like white people. I like Spanish people. And then we had half and halves.
I'm going to hear it later. You get bold when there's a mic in hand, the anointing's on you. But then I got to get in the car with him. I forget that part. All right, so praise God. So you have to remember, we walked into a church, as you guys know the story, but I'm going to tell it to you again. You know how many times I heard Pastor Ronnie's story coming to America? Five million times, but it never gets old. Never gets old. And the moment your testimony gets old to your friends and they say, I've heard already, find some new friends. I'm going to testify every single day. We walked in that church. I was high out of my mind. I was bound by drugs, ecstasy, weed, acid, cocaine, GHP, microdots, and the list goes on. My issue was I needed deliverance. My wife had a cyst on her ovary, a kidney infection. They said, hey, your baby could die. So naturally at that time, I, I, I didn't really believe in Jesus, right? Didn't, I wasn't raised in church. My mom was, you know, Italian Catholic from the Bronx, not really Christians. Like you couldn't say God's name in vain in my house, but you could watch Godfather. It was like, it was kind of weird. <laughs> she, they would slap you. If, if you said God's name in vain, you would get slapped. But outside of that, there is nothing else for Jesus. So I wasn't raised to be a Christian. You understand? But I would watch my wife on the ground in a, in a fetal position in so much pain. And the doctor said, your baby could die. And I loved her more than anything else on the planet. So I was like, Lord, if you're real, heal my girlfriend. Because we weren't married yet. Heal her, Lord, if you're real. And again, I'm not going to go into most of it because I know, I think the most of y'all know the whole thing. But um, we walk into a church and um, I'm sitting, I don't know where we were, it doesn't matter. We were back there, my eyes are blitz. Um, she's sitting there, so she's Catholic by association. They, they didn't believe in the stuff we were seeing, she didn't believe in the stuff we were seeing, right? I didn't believe in this stuff. Kind of sat in the backish like some. <laughs> I love y'all. If you sit in the back, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry about it. I, I'm joking. I'm messing with you. Hey, you sit wherever you want to sit. It's cool. No, but seriously, we, we sat kind of in the back, you know, and like just kind of checking y'all out. You know, just I walk into the church, and so all of a sudden, the presence of God, like it was here today, began to fall. And um, the man of God, said, there's a person in here right now, and they have a pain right here. And, and you, need to, you need to come up here. And my wife was like, no. Not to him, but like to me. I'm like, you need to go up there. Half of me was desperate for a miracle. The other half of me didn't believe in this stuff. Because I had seen that Steve Martin movie in my teenage years, the, the fake faith healers and all that jazz. And... Um, what I say to you, babe? If you don't go up there, I'm gonna leave you here and you're gonna walk. Somebody say jerk. <laughs> jerk. I said, if you, don't, if you don't go up there, what I said, I said, I'm out, I'm gonna leave you here. Cause there was something in me that was desperate for a miracle. Something happens differently when you come to church. When, when you come to the house of God and you come to church and there's that desperate belief in your heart but doubt in your head, I'm going to tell you that's okay. I'm going to say that again. Belief in your heart with some doubt in your head, it's okay. Don't turn around and leave. Thank God for Kenneth Hagin, who I, who I learned that by listening to some of his messages. And so my wife reluctantly walked up there. She's pretty social now. Back then she was a little more snappy, spicy, which is why I liked her. Ponce, woo woo. So she's kind of just, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if she even went by faith. Like, I don't know if, I never, we never even talked about that part. Maybe we should have some coffee, babe, this week and like really talk about this. He looks at her and says, the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And then he looked at her and said, the next time you go to the doctors, there will be no sign of any infection. Call me out publicly. Did you tell this man about the doctors? Okay. 
I knew that, but I just, they need to hear that. We went to the doctors two or three days later. I woke up that morning, smoked a few Optimos. That's not good. That's very bad. I'm high in the church, or high in the doctor's office. My wife's being checked. And the doctor says, I don't know how to tell you this, but the lump is gone, and there's no sign of any infection. So my wife, we're new to all this. My wife didn't say, praise the Lord, hallelujah, Rondai, my bow tie. She didn't do none of that. What do you think she did? Check again. I was like, and my heart is pounding because I said, God, if you're real, heal my wife. Are you meaning to tell me that you're real? Guys, you have to understand I was a shattered young man. Years of sexual abuse, drug abuse, shattered living, parents married eight times combined, growing up in, you know, at times in one of the worst neighborhoods of Tampa, just a bad shattered start to life. But there's that thing in me. God, are you real? I mean, is there really a God in heaven? The creator of heaven and earth who put the stars in the skies, made man, women, animals, whales, and shrimp. Because I like shrimp and sushi. <laughs> like, seriously, God, are you real? Like, like, are you real? I think we all have that cry on the inside of us. That's why you can take a staunch atheist, put him in a plane. You ever heard that testimony? It's powerful. I got to find it on YouTube. I'll try to share it with, with you know, your pastors, whatever. He's a traveling professor as an atheist, traveling to convince people that God is not real and he has his 92 point whatever to prove it. What do you think happened when the engine went out? Oh, God. Save me if you're... Well, they lived. Gave his heart to Jesus. <laughs> Pretty smart move. Why? Because it's in you. Some of you might be in here, and this might be totally... Like, the half of you is like, Mikey, we got to go. But there's that thing in you that's drawing you. I'm going to encourage you to yield to the Holy Ghost and just marinate in this thing. Can you say Amen. Don't let the devil rob you of receiving your miracle or your healing today. What will happen is a preacher will get up and say, okay, I'm going to minister on healing. And immediately either your carnal mind, stupid thinking, or the enemy, which I don't believe the enemy can just hang out in the presence of God like this. But my uncle died. But my sister died. But Aunt Betsy died. They believed in healing. Huh, preacher man? Oh, let's deal with the elephant in the room. In my early years of, of ministry, or moment I got saved, I couldn't st shut up about Jesus, right? It was easy for me to pray for people and believe for healing and miracles because it's all I knew. It's what I witnessed with my wife. And just for those who are new, and maybe never heard my testimony, the next week after my wife got healed, I went back to that church that morning again, high out of my mind. I got set free, delivered, devil casted out of me. I was completely set free. So in other words, my point is this right here. It was easy for me to believe in healing and deliverance. And then I actually did this like really out of this world thing. I actually opened the Bible and I read it. <laughs> and I realized in the gospels, that's exactly what it says. So it was easy for me to do that. So I would start seeing miracles. But then my mom got stage four cancer. So I don't preach this at you like someone who doesn't know both sides. I don't preach this from a place of a lack of compassion. However, this is a lesson that I learned. I know, and I was a mama's boy. You know, when your dad dips, you, you become a mama's boy. It's not like, you, you can be alpha, not beta, and still be a mama's boy. Just for the record, just got to throw that out there. My Andrew Tate followers, okay, let me stop. Okay. So then, 
I'm seeing miracles popping, like beautiful miracles. I just thought it was the norm. This is what being a Christian is. And then my mom, literally, stage four cancer, watched her take her last breath. Don't feel sorry for me. I have peace and joy. My mom's in heaven. I led her to Jesus. So I, I don't want no sadness up in here. You understand? Joy only. But I watched her take her last breath before my eyes, and I didn't understand. Well, why did my mom get healed? I saw this miracle, this miracle, this miracle, this miracle, and that miracle. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says that the things that are revealed of the Lord are revealed by him. And that which is, oh, I'm sorry, hidden. And that which is revealed are revealed to the sons. You understand? Here's the point. That's some deep stuff. You need Derek Prince for that type of stuff. Here's the point. I don't know. I've heard people say, maybe she didn't have enough faith. Maybe this, maybe that. The greatest miracle and greatest healing you can ever receive is salvation anyway when you go to heaven. However, watch this. This is, the, this is the piece I'm trying to give you right here. I can't live my life in faith as a minister of the gospel and a disciple of Jesus Christ based off an experience. I have to live my, my life according to the word of God. And if the Bible says he's a healer, then he's a healer. If he's a great physician, he's a great physician. Just like, watch this, you can't necessarily uh, place your faith in the testimony of Antonio and Gloria. Man, have you heard their testimony? He was a borderline crackhead. da 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 da, -da. Gets set free by the power of God. His wife had a sickness, disease. Boom, she gets healed. That ain't enough. That should inspire you to open up your Bible. Did you hear what I just said? My experience of God being a healer should draw within you the desire to, I got to read this thing for myself. Because if it's in there, I want what God has for me. You, you, you understanding? And just like the experience of my mother, so right now, when you close your eyes, we're, we're going to be praying a few times throughout this service. Father God, for any one of my friends in here, if, if they have gone through losing a loved one, losing a friend, losing somebody that meant near and dear to them, I thank you, Holy Spirit, right now that you minister to their heart, show them that that was not of you, Lord. You heal that wounded heart. Your, your anointing destroys every yoke of bondage, and I thank you right now for your anointing for setting them free in that area. Minister to that heart right now. Maybe they lost a father, a cousin, a friend, whatever the case may be. You are a healer. You are still doing miracles today, and we thank you for that, Lord. And we will not allow an experience to cause us to walk in doubt and unbelief. And if you believe that, say praise the Lord, hallelujah. Now, here's an attitude that you should be walking in when it comes down to sickness. This analogy may not be the best one, but it's the best one I could come up with. If you had, you ever seen one of them big U-Haul boxes? If you stuffed that with dirty diapers, taped it up, packaged it, FedEx it to your house, and let's say I send that to your house, and boop, it's right there on your front porch and your name's on it. It's your name, it's your address. How many of you would pull that box into your house if you knew what was in it? Would you be nonchalant about it? Would you be like, well, it's got my name on it. Might as well bring it in the house, Earl. If your name's Earl. My bad, bro. No, what would you be like? you would have an attitude of get that off my property. Why is it when the devil comes and he brings sickness, we get so nonchalant about it? Like, you know what? The average fever lasts for a week and a half. I'll ride this thing out. No, my kids will tell you. Truth is, Monday was like a boom. 
Here I am, Jesus is the healer. I ain't bragging on me. I'm just telling you how you're, the posture. I don't receive this. My God is a healer. Jesus, you conquered death, hell, and the grave, and sickness on the cross. You, you've got to respond, not when it feels good, not when it looks good, not when it looks like your circumstances, but you got to stand on healing and the word of God, even when your conditions don't look like that. That's what walking by faith and trust is. Can you say amen? amen? Can my old timers and the Lord say amen, amen? Because we can learn a few things from them. You kick that box, well, maybe I wouldn't kick it off the front porch. I'd probably say, son, throw it in the trash can. But you get the point because you don't want it all spilled out on the front porch. I understand that. But the point is I don't want to receive the package. Go a little further. He sends it to you again and again. And then you settle with it and say, you know what? I guess I just got to live with it. Not from today on. No more packages from hell are being dropped off on my porch. Ain't no sickness living in my house. Ain't no sickness and disease. Now listen, when you say statements like that, there's always going to be one in the crowd. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. No room. No more packages. Now, faith begins where the will of God is known. I'm going to say it again. Faith begins where the will of God is known. The reason why you hear stupid statements like, if it be thy will, is because they haven't read the word to realize what his will is. As a minister of the gospel, I'm going to minister. I don't care what happened this past. I'm going to minister healing all the days of my life. As a disciple, all of us, okay? What's the Bible say? Those who believe the works that I do. There you go. The works that I do, you will do. And greater works in these because I go to my Father. Not greater in quality, greater in quantity. Those who believe. What works are those? He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And do what? Lay hands on the sick. But what if there's COVID? You better lock yourself in the house. No, lay hands on the sick. What if there's a plague? What if there's this? What if there's that? What about this? We're either going to believe this church or we're not. Now, it's okay to go and be real with God and say, Lord, I'm, I'm having some, uh, some issues believing certain things. That's okay. Go to God and ask for help. He's never turned me away in that area. Can you say amen? amen. I want to give you some key things. Faith begins where the word of God is. So what's the Bible say? The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Did you hear that? So what are you listening to throughout the week? Are, are, are you spiritually anemic? Are you living off snacks and then wondering why? You know, I'll give you an example. Well, I think it was what the bear that, that David took out first, right? And then the lion. Come on, theologians. Which one was it? It was the lion first. Okay. So you got the lion, then the bear. Is that correct? And then Goliath. You on the same page? So I don't want to exercise no faith here with this common cold or maybe this broken foot. I'll, I'll exercise my faith when it's, when it's like diabetes and cancer. What? My son, you got to see him on the, on the punching bag. He's like Ryan Garcia. Pop, 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 pop. I told him, you ever, you ever, boy, ever run up. <laughs> boy. I will grab something. <laughs> but his cardio wasn't where it was um, from the time he started to today. He can light that bag up. He's doing his thing, right? When he first got started, his cardio, pop, pop, pop. <gasps> but what happened? He kept exercising. Kept exercising. Kept exercising. And now you see him doing deadlifts, push-ups, pads, combos. Spiritually exercise your faith. 
the moment you see your kid sniffing, my kids will tell you. My, if my daughter walks into the kitchen, <clears throat> she has her little Mickey Mouse robe, whatever. She, daddy's little girl. I, I'm going to get in trouble for that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> if she even says, my nose is stuffy, she knows. In, in, this is my daughter. Devil, you ain't, you ain't touching my daughter. I'm not going to be like, chill with it for a little bit. And let me, hit, let me put a pin in it really quick. I ain't against vitamin C, vitamin D's, garlic, you know, uh, you know, healthy eating. And all. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Be a good steward over the body you have. You break your leg, bro, go get a cast wrap. That's cool. Like, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Some of y'all get, like, real weird with this subject. Not you guys, but you know what I mean? But at the same time, I'm quick. I've, I've, taught, I've disciplined myself quick. I'm just in my intro. <laughs> Let me look. <laughs> I really am. I love it. Now I'm, not, I'm looking. This is the part where I look to identify. Don't change your face when I say that because you're the one. I'm, I'm going to pick on you. I'm just, I'm just messing with you. But I'm quick. I'm quick. I'm quick on it. Be quick on it. You see your kids sniffing. You, ki you see your kids coughing. You, you, you see your kids under depression. You see your kids sad. You see your kid is, is, is a little dis Pray. We're going to pray right now. In the name of Jesus. Healing in my home. Peace. I don't care if you got snot. In the, you are healed. And my kids will tell you. Don't walk around. I'm sick. I'm sick. There is nothing wrong with saying, hey, Dad, I'm sick. We got to pray. Jesus didn't look at the storm and tell the disciples, there ain't no storm. There ain't no storm. You better deny it. Faith is not denying it. That's not faith. Faith is I see the storm, and I take authority over it in the name of Jesus, and I declare the word of God over it, and I command it to go. Not, I don't see no lightning. That lightning hits you in your ear. So, but watch this. So it's okay when my kids come to me and say, hey, that ain't feeling good. We pray, we stand on the word, we declare the word, and when we say amen, what does amen mean? It's done, it's finished, so be it. From there, you can't walk around me saying you're sick no more. From there, that might be the, 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 the fact, but the truth is I'm healed in Jesus' name. And we're going to praise God until my miracle manifests. Is that all right? How you guys doing? You look great today, by the way. God is with you and he loves you. If you have any form of sickness and disease in your body, any bones, any, any heart irregulatory, I don't care what it is. Today, we're going to believe God for a miracle. Can you say amen? All I'm doing right now is sharing the word with you and sharing testimonies with you to stir your faith up, to put your faith in Jesus. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus comes to give life. Never, ever accuse sickness being from God. God is good. Devil is. The Bible says, I am the Lord that heals you. Say, I believe and I receive. Right now. Jesus, you're my healer. Amen. The Bible says that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. Say that. He's talking about me. Say that. Say he's talking about me. Let me Jesus. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. From today on, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will walk in divine health spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, relationships, every area where the Spirit of God is, there's life, freedom, and liberty. It's up to you to receive that. I had to make a choice. My parents are married eight times combined. That ain't good. You don't need a counselor to tell you that's not good. <laughs> you don't need it. You know what I'm saying? Clearly, that is death. That is not covenant. So I had to make a decision. That is not an option in our home. So whatever, whatever it is, poverty, 
I saw poverty growing up. I know what it's like to see dishwashers and mattresses, all type of stuff from the front yard. I know poverty. But I said, not in my house. And if that's where you are right now, you do exactly. Listen, I said, I'm, I'm going to brag on Jesus really quick. Listen, I'm going to go ahead and just hit, hit like a little audible. Where's my football people? I don't watch football. I do sometimes. I, I, I watch a real sport, UFC. <laughs> but isn't it an audible when you change something? So I'm going to hit a little audible in my sermon. Some of y'all are like, preacher man, I'm doing pretty good in my body. I'm, pre- I'm doing pretty good in my mind. I could use some financial healing. Let's be real. Let's be real. Does the Bible talk about that? What was one of the number one subjects Jesus talked about? All right, good. So remember last week I told you? I told you last week that my wife and I, we've been there. We know what it's like to get, have to leave an apartment. We know what it's like to, man, lights turned off. We've been there. We know it, we know, and being faithful, and preaching the gospel, and when it's, but, but we just got hit with, with a situation. But what, what did I tell you? Who can remember what my wife was doing? Um, one of the things that she was doing when we were at one of our lowest moments. What was she giving away? And Puerto Ricans don't give this stuff away. I am not giving you uh, my ravioli and sausage. It'll have to be God. To give, that's my favorite meal on the planet besides Alaskan crab. Crab to the side. My mom would make these raviolis with Italian sausage and a, and a, and a if you're fasting, I'm doing this on purpose, and a Caesar salad and burnt garlic bread, sweet tea and some Kenny G in the background. And um, man, you just eat that ravioli. Bam, bam. So from my, that's how we feel about our ravioli. Imagine how Puerto Ricans feel about rice. <laughs> but sure enough, my wife went in the cabinet, grabbed a box of rice. I grabbed whatever I grabbed, and we sewed it. That, that ain't the point, though, to stand on. Watch this. We know what it's like to sew through every situation. This past week alone, on Monday, my wife and I made a decision to give a seed. Pastor Mike was hitting on it. You guys got to grab a hold of this thing. God will heal your finances as you put your trust in him. You cannot buy a miracle. There is no lottery formula with God. It is God, I trust you above anything else. What happened with the lady who outgave everybody by giving half a penny is what some theologians say. That was the equivalent of like a half a penny. You follow me? What was she? A giver. What happened to the lady? You ladies are a great example to us guys because, man, in the Bible, I didn't see a whole lot of dudes doing this. I saw the women who grabbed a hold of this. So then I saw the woman who, 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 who her son was going to die. And what did the prophets say? Fem- right, put God first. And then what happened to her? Supernatural provision. I come from low income, no money. So when the preacher man started talking about sowing, woo, you follow me? By the grace of God, my wife and I on Monday, and I only give this testimony to encourage one of y'all because I know what it's like to be sitting in church and I'm listening to these testimonies. My wife is like, and I've said it too, not just her, both of us. When's my breakthrough coming? (laughs) <laughs> I'm just real. You lying if you never said that. Well, maybe, maybe you're not. I take that back. You're at a place where I, maybe I wasn't at. But there were times where my wife and I was like, when's mine coming? Don't grow weary in well-doing. For you will reap if you faint not. Because we knew how to sow the box of rice when we had nothing, we knew how to sow what God told us to give this past Monday. And from Monday till, what, yesterday, $9,000 came in. Can you praise God? We had somebody text us and say, hey, we're getting ready to go to Maui, Hawaii. Can we see you? Okay, sure, what's up? We can get together, whatever. Hey, we know you're going to go plant. I had to tell them it wasn't Chattanooga no more. But they're like, look, we know you're going to, 
you're going to get ready to launch a church in April, and, and we just want to sow into that. And man, the check, it had a comma in that thing. <laughs> and I give all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. Lift your hands right now and close your eyes. Father God, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. The same way you heal our physical bodies. I thank you, Lord, that you heal their finances as they learn, just like my wife and I had to do. It wasn't always easy. We didn't always pass the test. There were times we made some mistakes. But, Lord, as we learn by the help of the Holy Ghost to trust you with our finances, knowing that everything comes from you, and then like Mary told them, whatever Jesus tells you to do, do that. And I thank you that as they follow the leading of the Holy Ghost and they're faithful with their tithes and they're faithful with sowing that which you tell them to sow, I thank you they're going to see 30, 60, 100 fold, 1,000 fold. They're going to see supernatural provision. They will not be living off of their paycheck. That paycheck's going to be for sowing. That paycheck's not going to be just so we can barely get by and live. You've called us to be the head only and not the tail, above and not beneath. Poverty is cursed in the name of Jesus, and Abraham's blessings are ours. So from today on, I thank you the same way we have people reaching out to us and texting us and calling us and et cetera, et cetera. Supernatural provisions coming from the north, east, south, and west. They will not struggle. We are king's kids in the name of Jesus. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? All right, let me, hit, let me, let me I'm have, I have so much fun with you guys. Couple more things. News about Jesus spread as far as Syria. And people soon began bringing to him all who were sick and whatever their sickness or disease. Someone say whatever. Say it doesn't matter. He has power over everything. If they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. The Bible says that Jesus reached out and touched him and said, I am willing. I want you to get that in your spirit. Say that with me. Say he is willing. Yeah, but you don't understand, preacher. It's been like 19. He is willing. He is willing. The moment you stop believing. Acts 10.38 says, and you know. Somebody say, look at your neighbor and say, you better know it. Look at your other neighbor and say, I see you dozing off. No, I'm just kidding. I had somebody who I won't mention God bless them for their honesty. It said, tell me about last week when I was preaching. Like, what would you get out of it? It said, truth is, how like spaced out. I said, well, praise God. I appreciate the honesty. Now, pay attention next time. <laughs> Take some notes, my good Lord. Acts 10, 38 says, and you know how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost in power. And he went about doing good. Doing what? Good. Healing them who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Jesus has never stopped doing what he was doing on the earth. You understand? Now he's doing it through his body. I can, I can sense the anointing. I can feel the presence of God. I'm not going to go all into it. I'm gonna, you can write this down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you three different types of healings that took place in the Bible. You can go study it and read it this week yourself. There was instant healings that took place. That's Luke chapter 5, verse 19 through 26. There are some times where people are going to get healed instantly. My wife was healed instantly. But I'm aware that that ain't the only type of healings that took place in the Bible. There was also progressive healings. That means gradually. Right? So like the man who was blind, Jesus, uh, you know, spit in the ground. Isn't that, would you love, let's go outside, guys, and pray for you. You know, spit in the ground. But if the Holy Ghost said it, you do it, wouldn't you? Who cares how you do it? I don't care about your method, if it works. It was Holy Ghost, spits in the ground, prays for him. What happened? The guy says, I see men like trees. That healing didn't happen instantly. Then Jesus prayed for him again. And then he could see. What happens for some of you is because you didn't get healed instantly, 
you're going to doubt and unbelief. Instead, what you should be doing is going back to Psalms 103, verses 1 through 5. What's the, he said it three times in the first two sentences. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord. So what do you do while you're waiting? I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord. What do you do until it happens? I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah, your family and friends make fun of you. It's been nine years. What are you going to do? I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord. You My God, I felt, I felt faith on that. Sometimes you're going to get healed instantly. Sometimes it's going to be progressive. And sometimes it's going to be obedience. What did he tell the, 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 the ten men with leprosy? He said, go, go, cleanse yourself. And the Bible says, as they went, as they went, they were healed. Lord, I know I got diabetes. I'm crushing this sugar. And my diet sucks. Forgive me, I probably shouldn't have said it like that. Lord, my, my diet's really bad. So then the Lord goes, stop sucking down pounds of sugar. <laughs> now, I'm joking, but I'm not. Bishop Jake said it like this. You can curse that cheesecake all you want. Them calories are going to be right on your thighs and hips, and if you're a dude, under your chin or your gut. That's from the bishop himself, Bishop T.D. Jakes. We try to get so spiritual sometimes where God's like, change your diet. Yes, you've taken communion. And yes, you've seen my healing power. But there's going come a point where you, as you went and you obeyed, as you went and started doing things God's way. Now somebody say this, Antonio, you better receive that word. You can locate a preacher sometimes by what he's preaching on. I'm going to give you these last couple things, and then I'm going to give you a few testimonies, and then we're going to watch kneecaps pop back, blind eyes pop open. I don't care what it is. The dead to raise. I don't care what it is. You say, how can you say that so confidently? Because the pressure ain't on me. I learned that a long time ago. And I also understand when I pray for you, it may not happen instantly. Before in my early years, I would panic when I would pray for people. Because if I didn't see an instant miracle, I felt like it didn't work. Norval Hayes, who I, who I studied some of his material, Norval Hayes, a precious man of God. And he, he prayed for this, this guy who would run like five miles every day. It was something like that. And he prayed for the guy. The guy didn't fall. He's who I really learned uh, by, by reading through some of his material that, that it ain't about falling, it's about falling in love with Jesus. You understand? So you'll hear me say that a lot. Um, praise for the man who, who was a runner. And the man uh, would run, like, what, five miles every morning? Wasn't able to run for, for a long time. And so Norval Hayes asked him, so I might be jacking it up a little bit, but I'm going to get to the bottom line. Bottom line is he prays for the man, and he tells him, tomorrow go run. The man woke up, and he went running. Now, his healing didn't happen immediately. It happened later. But he had to go run. You ain't getting out of this without faith. Smith Wigglesworth told a dude with no feet, no feet, go buy some shoes. You say, well, God can't do that. You understand the faith you claim Jesus rose from the dead? You know the faith you claim Lazarus was in the dead for four days? You sure you believe in that? If you don't believe that, how is it you can believe that, but you can't believe that God can grow someone's feet back? Told the man, go buy some shoes. Man goes and buys some shoes, his feet grew back. And I know in your natural mind, you might be like, no, that ain't real. Is it real that God rose Jesus from the dead then? I, I, I don't know somebody, I, I'm coming over here. <laughs> All right, three hindrances for getting healed. These are three key reasons why people don't receive their healing. Number one, biblical ignorance. Hosea 4, 6 says that my people are destroyed for a lack of what? For the love of lobster. Open your Bible. And here's a challenge for this upcoming month. I have a challenge for all of you. I'm going to ask you if they're doing it. I want you to go to the book of Mark while you're at home this month. I think it's only like 16, 17 chapters. I'm giving you the gospel with like the smallest. It's my favorite, by the way. 
I'm a get-to-the-point person, even though I preach the way I preach. Long and dragged down, praise God. I want you to highlight everywhere where a miracle takes place. If you read one chapter a day, you'd finish it before the end of the month. Many of you know him as Savior, but have you learned to know him as healer? Some of you know him as healer, but have you learned to know him as provider? Many of you know him as provider, but have you learned to know him as protector? Because the moment you say, hey, I'm going to go learn, and people want to keep, you, you just believe God with miracles. I don't chase miracles. I hang out with Jesus and miracles chase me. There's a difference. I don't chase money. I chase, I, I'm hanging out, and I chase his presence, and, and prophets chase me. That might freak a religious person out, but it's the truth. He says in his presence is the fullness of what? And then at his right hand, take it up with God. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be ignorant. So one of the number one reasons for not receiving your miracle is just biblical ignorance. Your, your auntie, who barely goes to church, went three times in her younger years, tells you, if it be, I God's will. She gives you some nonsense, and you latch your faith to that versus saying, hold on, I read this myself, and what you're saying doesn't line up with the word. So from today on, my confession will only be what the Bible says. And Jesus did this, he did this, he did this, he did this, and I see he did this. And then the Bible even says, I think it's John chapter 21, verse 22, back check me on that. But it's somewhere in that area, I believe he says, all the books couldn't, in all the world couldn't even record everything Jesus did. You following what I'm saying? So don't be ignorant. Here's the next thing, doubt and unbelief. Matthew chapter 13, uh, verse 58 says, and so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. Jesus himself was limited to maybe like healing a few bad backs. But he says it himself. God is pleased by what? Faith. And if you're going to come to God, you must come to him in what? Okay. Now, if you're having a hard time believing, do what the apostles did. Help my unbelief. Now pick up your Bible. Faith comes by hearing by the. So if you ain't hearing, that's why you don't. I'm diagnosing you. If I was a doctor, there's your diagnosis. Your prescription, read the Bible. Close your eyes. Pray this with me. Father God, I love you. I thank you for your grace and mercy. Forgive me. Seriously, forgive me for any doubt and unbelief, because that is sin. From today on, I'm choosing to believe in your word, believe in divine healing. And I thank you, Holy Ghost. You're helping me from today on in this area. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Some of you right there, you don't have to get up and do backflips and kick your neighbor in the head and all that. Some of you just right there, you feel a release. Just right there. Oh, I feel the presence of God. All right, I'm going to give you one more, and I'm going to give you a couple really cool testimonies. Here's the third one that will rob you from receiving your miracle and your healing. Mark chapter 11, verse 22, and it's unforgiveness. You guys know me. I'm really transparent. By now, you guys have probably heard me preach maybe five times here. My problem is my pendulum is too transparent. I'm trying to get, like, right here in the middle. This would be no transparency. I'm trying to get here. I think I hang out over here maybe too much. I told y'all how I want to take out family members. I want to take out my oldest daughter's boyfriend. I don't, preach, I don't preach from a place of plastic. There's no blood that runs through a mannequin. That's plastic. What I preach to you is what I've had to do myself, and that's go in the, the closet and say, Lord, help me forgive that man that I want to inflict massive amounts of violence on. Massive. How can you be that real? He knows. He already knows how you feel. Just learn to go to God and be real. 
I know what it's like to forgive my grandfather for sexually abusing me from age four to age 11. I know what it's like to forgive my stepfather, first person, not the last, to pull a pistol on us, sit me, my brother, my mom down. We lived in Sulphur Springs in Tampa, and we had a river, and I thought we were getting shot and dropped in the back of the river. I know, and, and, and I mean, I could go on. I mean, I, I seen him hit my mom and all this stuff. I, I know what it's like to forgive a man who I swore, when I get older, I'm gonna come take you out. You could have made like a movie on this stuff. I said, when I get older, you're hitting my mom now. I'm looking in that window and I can't open the door. It's locked. I'm trying to get in the door. So remember when I told you my hands would bleed? That's the day it happened. I would sit there and rage filled me as a little boy. Like a spirit of rage came into me. And I would sit there and just dig my hands into the concrete until they bleed. And I couldn't get in. My mom's laid down. He's on top of her. I said, if I could, I'm going to get, one day I will get older and I will take you out. Same thing with my grandfather. One day I'll get older. I swear I will come and I'm going to take you out. I'm going to hunt you down. And then you become an adult and some things happen. But now you're a Christian. And the Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And now the devil brings the very thing. It's almost like you're kryptonite. And then it happens to one of your loved ones. I'm going to take all of y'all out. And I'm going to eat a pizza. And I'm going to do it in front of your loved ones. And that sounds sick. I'm aware of what I'm saying right now. I'm, I'm bringing it that real to you because some of y'all, not in this church, but you've been to churches where it's so plastic. And you sit there and say, brother, I hear what you're preaching. But do you know what I've been through? So I know what it's literally like to cry in the bathroom. Love Jesus, preach the gospel. And say, that's it, tonight I'm taking him out. I'm taking him out right in front of his wife. I'm doing it right now. And then my phone rings. My tears down my face. I walk out of my bathroom. I don't tell my wife or my kids or nobody. I was just going to go out the door and go take care of business. Why? Because the devil's in your ear saying, you're a coward. How is he not going to defend your family like that? Oh, don't. Listen, what I'm preaching to you, I've had to walk it. I know what it's like to forgive that person. And my phone rang. And it was a man of God who I maybe talked on the phone with maybe three times. He said, the Holy Ghost is showing me right now. You need to forgive whatever it is you're doing right now. And I just started weeping. That night, if my phone didn't ring, I know with every fiber in my being, there would have been no stopping me. No stopping me that day. My kids wouldn't have a dad on a stage right now with a microphone preaching Jesus. I'd be a, a prison chaplain. Do you see the importance of unforgiveness? Or forgiving and not carrying unforgiveness. Walking in unforgiveness will change your life in a very dark path. So he says, have faith in God, for surely I say unto you, whoever says unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says, it shall what? Come to pass. What's he say right after that? Amen. And if I have any offense in my heart, forgive so that your father can forgive you. That mountain of sickness or that mountain of whatever that issue is, for some of you all, maybe that mountain ain't moving because you're still carrying an offense in your heart. Even regularly, I'll talk to my wife. We'll be praying. I forgive my, 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 my daughter's boyfriend. I forgive this individual who did what he did. I, I just have to check. I, I mean, I like you. Sorry, I ain't there yet. But in Jesus' name, I love you. And I want you to spend eternity in heaven. And I pray your, your salvation and healing in Jesus' name. And then I'm going to say this one last piece, and then I'm going to give you a couple more testimonies. Matter of fact, I'm coming down here and hang out with you guys. Is that all right? Once you forgive, which is not a feeling, it's not an emotion, it's a command. Now watch this. God wouldn't command you to do something that he would not help you and empower you to do it. I'll never forget. I wrote my dad over and over. He bounced when I was a little boy. 
And I, I would find out over the years where he was at. I remember I went and I sat down. You know, he, he agreed to have lunch with me. Didn't want nothing to do with me. That's fine. But I got to say my piece. I got to look at him in his face and say, I forgive you for being a coward because while you were gone, your dad would, did what he did to me instead of being a man. And I forgive your father. Now, if you, you grab a hold of this next thing, get ready to say, if you're not careful and you stop right there, you'll still remain in bitterness. You forgive, and then you ask the Holy Spirit, now, Lord, fill me with joy and help me to declare blessings over them. Jesus. Whoa, it's easy. I just told my kids the other day, it's easy to love a person who loves you. Bible tells me I got to pray for my enemies. It's easy to love the person who you're cool with. But what about the person who hurts your family? Hurts you? Close your eyes and just close your eyes. Jesus. I'm not looking at y'all, but if you're looking at me, there's something wrong. Holy Spirit, show them the face of the person or the persons that have hurt them and that they've never truly forgiven. Or maybe even the person that they wouldn't maybe even dare try to overly spiritualize and say, I've forgiven them but there's still a root of bitterness towards that person. Now, with your eyes closed, pray this with me. Say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, with your help, I completely forgive that individual or indiv individuals that hurt me, hurt my loved ones, that person, I release them by faith. I bless them. I pray they encounter your love. They encounter salvation. Now, Lord, fill my heart with your love with your joy, and with your peace. And from today on, I will no longer be a victim to that situation, to that pain, to that hurt. That is not my identity. In Jesus' name I pray. Down and hit the floor. I feel you're in.